Hey, and welcome to Topsy the Elephant. It's the history podcast that your mother never made. And what an incredible catchphrase that is. Anyways, uh, episode two. So if you've stuck around this long, then you have made it twice. We now have twice the amount of podcasts that we had last week. So that's just incredible. Um, Yeah, so I've been getting some... uh, a lot of people following the show on Twitter and a lot of people um, downloading on iTunes and we're in the new and notable section. So that's pretty exciting. So if you just found this podcast, welcome. If it's your second time back, welcome back. Anyways, today we are going to uh, talk about a story that is known as the Titanic of the Mississippi, which is um, sounds like some kind of Cajun seafood restaurant, but it's not actually. Um and it is about a ship called the Sultana, which I may be butchering the name of, but you know, no one, uh, there's no YouTube videos of it, so I'm just going to assume it's pronounced the Sultana. And this happened in 1865. So, 1865, what was going on? What just finished? That's right, the Civil War. And there was a lot of big news happening. And one of the uh, the news items in the news was that Um, President Lincoln had just been shot, and the war was over, and so there was a lot of big things going on. So this story kind of gets uh, pushed to the side in history because of the mere date of when it happened, just 11 days after Lincoln's assassination, and that's April 1865. So the the Sultana was Sultania. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm still, this is going to bother me the whole episode. Let's just say the Sultania. Ready? Okay, so it was uh, was a large steamship that went up and down the Mississippi, and at the end of the uh, Civil War, there was a lot of need for uh, Union soldiers that were in southern prison camps to be taken up north, back home, right? Back to their families. And um, I'm sure these men really wanted to get back to their families because I can't imagine uh, the stuff they went through as they were in those prison camps, malnutrition and um, disease. And uh, and that's on both sides of the, on the Union and um, in the rebels. So Basically, they were the number one way of getting folks back up north, these soldiers out of these camps and, and uh, just soldiers trying to get home was kind of by, by ship, by steamship. And so in April, there's uh, this, ste- this steamship, the Sultania, and it is rated to carry about 376 passengers. And that includes the crew, right? So a pretty large steamship um, for the time. Well... <laughs> You know, they didn't really have uh, Excel back then, so the Army didn't really keep too good of records. But but they guess that um, historians think that there was between 1,800 and 2,000 passengers um, on board after the, arm, after the soldiers loaded on board. So that could have been upwards to 2,300 people on the steamer if you include the, the crew, the, already, uh, the people that had already booked passage, and the soldiers. So... Um, it's April 26th, 1865, and the steamship's on its way up north, and they, they take a stop in Memphis. And I've been to Memphis before. I don't know why you would ever want to stop there. That's just a joke. Um, 
But anyways, uh, so they had a little bit of time there. They were having some problems with a leaky boiler, and they had had uh, they had problems with it um, a couple days before. Got it fixed, but in Memphis, um, they were still trying to keep an eye on it and make sure everything was okay. So they unloaded some cargo. Some of the soldiers got off, went around the town, um, you know, visited around Memphis, went to a Grizzlies game. And basically, some of them didn't actually get back on. And come to find out, those were the lucky few. Uh, so they leave Memphis that late that evening, and um, they're heading their way back up the river. And there is these leaky boilers, boilers these leaky boilers, uh, finally one of them gives up. And man, did it give up. Uh, they quit holding pressure of steam and suddenly exploded. Uh, in this tremendous crash that was reported to be heard all the way back in Memphis. And they were about uh, 10 or 20 miles past Memphis at this point. So it's about 2 in the morning. This thing explodes. Uh, Now, keep in mind, this ship is designed for 376 people, and there's about 2,000 people on board. So it, I mean, all of a sudden, soldiers that are asleep are just awakened to um, shards of wood and flying off the deck, um, deck beams, cabin furniture, railings. Um, there was one man that was reported to have been thrown uh, a little more than 200 feet. So this explosion happens, um, and the blast scattered hot coals from the furnaces all over the mid- midship. <laughs> don't, you don't want to get a tongue tie there. The midship section of the steamer. Um, and basically, within just a matter of minutes, the entire ship was on fire. So you're, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. You're in the middle of the Mississippi River. Your ship just exploded that's packed to the hilt with people, and now it's on fire. So then the huge twin smokestacks, you know the smokestacks, you can kind of see them. Um, if you ever see those those steamboat ships or the, the kind of the replicas, or you might see them in like St. Louis or something on the river, I think mostly they're just casinos now, but... Anyways, um, I guess maybe it's legal on the water, but not in the land. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to look that up, we'll, the crack team here. But um, anyway, so these two big steam uh, ships, or the, the steam stack, the smoke stacks, sorry, uh, fall over, and you know they're shattered in the water. Just the impact of that uh, would have killed, uh, would have pinned men under them and pinned passengers under, holding them down into the flames. So there's, uh, there's people jumping off, breaking off doors, jumping off, trying to survive on the doors. Just a large amount of humanity uh, that was on the ship is in chaos, the ones that survived the explosion. So there's, there was one report that there was aboard the ship in the storage, there was a 10-foot alligator uh, in a stout wooden cage, uh, like in one of these, uh, like used for like fairs and entertainment the man-eating alligator, uh, according to some soldier uh, gossip and reports after the incident. But basically, one soldier, he bayonets the reptile, so he gets in there and kills the alligator, rolls the wooden crate over, and uh, jumped in the crate and hung on to it until he got rescued. So, um, you know, he obviously wasn't uh, planning on using his weapon because the war was over, but he, he fights an alligator and that ended up being what saved him. Um, and I would imagine if I was on the ship, I would probably prefer drowning uh, in the water to being burned alive. So I'm, I'm imagining a lot of people were just jumping off. Uh, and, you know, it's basically the, I mean, you, you pick which one's worse, right? 
Do you want to catch on fire? Do you want to be burned alive? Or do you want to drown? Um, both things sounding terrible. But anyways, so they they hear this in Memphis. This some some of the ships that are there come up and try to rescue survivors. Um, at this point, it's a little late, but there's they find survivors all the way down to Memphis, clung to logs and rafts and barrels and sections of the ship that were still floating. Um, and so these rescue boats from Memphis, uh, for days, were hauling uh, either survivors or bodies uh, back to Memphis. And I just can't even imagine that that uh, that smell and that just being around that much death all at once out of something so routine as going up and down the river. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of rumors to what caused this explosion. Uh, some people said, oh, well, you know, there was a Confederate, uh, someone on the side of the Confederacy who was still mad about the war and decided to sabotage it. Well, I mean, in honesty, it's probably was just a malfunctioning boiler because these things, it's amazing that it even was able to go up the river at all at, um, you know, 10 times its capacity. Uh, you know, it could hold 300 and it was had, you know, 2,300 people on it. Um, not quite 10 times, but just an amazing amount. I mean, if they all went to one side, the thing would probably flip over. So, uh, you know, this, this incident is a crazy story, right? It's, it's one of the biggest maritime disasters, uh, in American history. And I'd never even heard of it. Um, a lot of people have never heard that this happened. And actually after, after the accident, a few hundred of the lucky survivors who made it home formed an association called the Sultania Survivor Society, and they held annual meetings for years. Um, I looked them up in the phone book. They don't have a local chapter here. I don't know why that is, but maybe you can get online, you can join or something. But anyways, um, a really cool story. There's some really cool eyewitness uh, reports you can find online and uh, some other things you can see about the story. There's some, uh, just some army records that are are kind of vague compared to today's standards, but some cool, some cool things. They did they did an investigation and basically determined, yeah, this was a just a malfunctioning boiler. We never could have prevented it. But what's so interesting to me is just how this um, story didn't really make it into the history books, and how it really wasn't known across the nation. I mean, you've got Lincoln had just been shot. 11 days before it happened, uh, the war was over. So the nation, uh, was kind of focused on that. And a lot of the influential newspapers, um, you know, the big, that set kind of the tone of the national conversation were, were all in the, the far Northeast and all in the East. And a lot of these victims that were on, uh, the ship were heading up to the Midwest. A lot of them were from, you know, far, and the Midwest is kind of far from the Northeast in this day. Uh, you don't just jump on a plane and be there in an hour. So there, this really kind of led to not having much attention to the story. And here it is, one of the wor- pretty much one of the worst things to ever happen on a river in America, and you've never heard of it. So next time you see one of those uh, floating casinos in St. Louis or wherever you might be, um, just remember this story and think about the soldiers uh, that died on that fateful night in April 1865. Well, thanks for joining me this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed this story. You can follow us on Twitter at Topsy Elephant once again. And uh, yeah, hope to see you on there. And just shoot us a tweet. Tell us what you thought of the show and uh, maybe suggestions you might have for future episodes. Have a great week.
Topsy the Elephant.